seems it's positively true that you've been out with someone I was new. When I ask you to explain, you find excuses and complain. You always underestimate my brain. Wednesday, everybody. Hope uh, your day is as beautiful where you are as it is where I are. Because here in the St. Louis area, it's like 63 degrees today and sunny and bright and it's wonderful. So I hope you're enjoying the same thing. This is Bob Bro. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast. And on Wednesdays, we play a mystery. And we're going to play a show today that we've never played before. And that is Gangbusters. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it now. Gangbusters was started, uh, or was the the idea of Phillips H. Lord, who had been an actor. He uh, came up with this concept. He sold NBC his idea for a show called G-Men, and that was in 1935. And that program evolved into the more fully developed Gangbusters the following year on CBS. It was a true crime saga loosely based on actual FBI cases and broadcast with the blessing of the bureau director, J. Edgar Hoover. Lord emphasized his involvement with the series by acting as its host the first few seasons, uh, interviewing a local law enforcement official to lead into each week's story. Now, I might just add here, they did the FBI stories for, I think, a season or so, But J. Edgar Hoover was pretty restrictive in what he would allow, and he wouldn't allow a lot of car chases and gunfights and that sort of thing. He really wanted to emphasize the analytics of his uh, agents and how they analyzed crime and solved the crimes. Well, that didn't go over so good in radio back then because everybody wanted shoot-em-up stuff. So what they did is uh, after, I think it was year two or three, They changed the show so it wasn't just federal cases, it was local cases. And they got local law enforcement involved and looked at some of their case files. And a lot of these stories, I think all of these stories, were based on actual case files. And I'll talk a little bit about that one after our show tonight. Lord's approach to the material was hard-hitting, and his approach to radio drama was unsubtle. He grabbed the radio listeners with Gangbusters' powerful opening sequence, mixing police sirens, machine guns, and various sounds of mayhem and activity. In its heyday, the show was said to have employed the largest army of sound effects men and the equipment and turntables in all of radio, all under Lord's watchful eye and ear. It says Lord eased from the director's post to producers after several years and relinquished his role as host to Colonel H. Norman Schwarzkopf, who fathered the latter-day military hero and celebrated figure Norman Schwarzkopf, the general in the Persian Gulf War in 1990 and 1991. But it says his father that narrated the show, became rather famous in his own right because he had played a major role in the Lindbergh kidnapping case. So how about that? Gangbusters ran on uh, CBS from 1936 to 1940. From uh, 1940 to 1948, it was on NBC on the Blue Network. It returned to CBS in 1949, and it ran there until 1955. 
Among his sponsors, there was uh, Sloan's Liniment Waterman Pins, uh, Tide Laundry Soap, and also Grape Nuts and Wrigley's Chewing Gum. The last year of the series was on the Mutual Broadcasting System from 1955 to 1957, so the last two years. All right, enough. We're going to go ahead and listen to an episode of uh, Gangbusters that was first broadcast on June the 18th, 1949, and it's entitled The Bandit Brothers. Gangbusters, presented in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States, the only national program that brings you authentic police case histories. Tonight, Gangbusters presents the case of the Bandit Brothers rode a crooked trail of death and robbery over the plains until vigilant and fast-shooting Western peace officers straightened them out. Gangbusters has asked the Honorable Homer Casey, former sheriff of McLennan County, Texas, to narrate by proxy tonight's case. Thank you, and good evening, Gangbusters listeners. Let's start tonight's case in a small town in the ranch country of Colorado a few years ago. It was late on a Saturday night, and most of the ranch hands in for entertainment had headed home. But in front of a small house just off the square, a man, dressed in boots and Levi's, leaned against a streetlight, smoking a cigarette. Finally, he threw the cigarette into the street and walked up the front porch. Waiting all night. Come on, will you? Yes, who is it? Me, Randall, open up. Oh, okay. He ain't here. How many times do I have to tell you? But where is he? How should I know where he is? He said he was coming here. Listen, what your brother says and what he does are two different things. You ought to know that by now. Okay, if you see Obi, tell him I went back to Tur's cabin. I went back to get some sleep. If I see him, I'll tell him. Good night. Don't forget, it's important. Good night. Was it Randall again? <laughs> yeah, it was Randall again. Why didn't he go home to sleep? That's where I sent him. Some brother I got me. Follows me around like a beagle dog. Ah, let's forget about your brother. Huh, Obi? Sure, baby. Come on, sit down. Sure, baby. Nice and comfortable. Yeah. Give me a kiss, Obi. How about it, me? Suppose we forget Randall, you and me. We're starting traveling right now. No, honey, that wouldn't be any good. Well, why wouldn't it? It'd be swell. Oh, you wouldn't want me to get mixed up in your business now, would you? You wouldn't want me to get too involved in anything. No, no, I guess it wouldn't. Wouldn't be fair. So, like I was saying, you just go out with Randall and do what you have to do. I'll be sitting and waiting for you to come back. There's nothing else for me to do. 
Just sit and wait. Oh, no, it ain't that bad, May. This ain't such a bad time. What's good about it? Well, I got an idea. What, honey? Home. How'd you like to go back to Texas? You'd have plenty to do there. You mean you'd send me? Sure, I'd send you. Take a little visit, you come back here to Colorado. Then everything's okay. Oh, but visits take money. Well, I got money. And I need money for clothes and everything. If I'm going to visit home, I gotta have good clothes. Well, you got pretty good clothes, haven't you? Yeah, but, you know, there's all kind of expenses. How much uh, do you think you'll need me? Oh, I don't know, honey. Five or six hundred. Well, we're kind of low ourselves right now. Randall and me, we only have about uh, 400 altogether. We ain't been out on the job in a couple of weeks. Well, I guess 400 will have to do. Uh, but, but may it's I... It's all right. It's perfectly all right, honey. I'm sure I can get by in 400. That is, if it's okay with Randall. Look, we don't have to worry none about Randall. I carry the money. I always have. Oh, babe. You're a doll. A real darling. Frank Henderson. Yeah? Uh, telephone. In the booth there. Who is it? Long distance. Colorado. Some town out there. Okay. Colorado. If she... Hello? I thought I told you not to waste any more dough on long-distance calls, May. Frank, honey, I'm coming back. I'll be there in Waco the day after tomorrow. Hey, now, let's get something straight, baby. If I gotta pay your way, you stay up there. Oh, I got my way paid all right and plenty to spare. Yeah? Who's the chump? A guy named Obie Throneberry. Will you meet me at the train, honey? You know where to find me. I'll see you when you get in. Oh, please, Frank. I said I'll see you when you get here. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, but every cent you gotta give her. Will you shut up about it, Randall? Half of it was my dough. You could have thought of that. Listen, brother, no, brother. I'd just as soon throw you out of this car as look at you. Okay. And to top it off, we gotta put our guns in soap to buy gasoline. I told you to shut up. Well, okay. What happens now? We got no money. We got no guns. What happens? I'll tell you what happens. Yeah, you tell me. I heard some talk about an old sheep herder lives out there near Hayden. What do we want with a sheep herder? He gets good pay every month. He ain't spent a cent of it in years. He must have a couple of thousand around his shack. This way did you hear all this? I heard it. And he's got guns. Well, that's something we can use, all right. How'd you figure on handling? Easy enough. We start out friendly. We ask if he knows of any work around. Uh-huh. Uh, how much money you say he's got? A couple of thousand. Okay. Now, listen. I want my half plus the 200 of mine you gave to me. We'll see. We'll see nothing. I get it or nothing do. Now, listen, Rand. You get what I want to give you. You understand that? I get what's mine. In a minute, I'll stop the car and let you know what is yours. Okay, go on. Find a sheep herder. We'll talk about it later. Hear the wind blow, hear the wind blow, dear, hear the wind blow. 
mister. Howdy. We saw your shack here on the hill. Our car's kind of heated over. We were wondering if you could uh, spare some water from your well. Yeah, help yourself. Uh, the only thing is, we ain't got a thing to carry the water in. You ain't, huh? Nope. Well, there's a bucket inside you can use. Come ahead. Much blind. Well, go on in, strangers. Yeah, thanks. There's the bucket hanging. Okay, I'll get it. Yeah, you boys from around here? No, we're Texans. Oh, Texans. Yeah, we're looking for work. You won't find much work in this part of Colorado. You don't know any of your friends can use a couple of hands. Sheep men don't have no friends. Rather, a sheep man to want no friends. Well, you got your bucket, get your water, and don't forget to bring the bucket back. Yeah, we'll bring it back. Thanks. Grab him. Hey, what's I, I got him. Turn me loose. Turn me loose. Get up, old man. Good for nothing, prairie dogs. Shut up. Now you shut up. All right, listen to me, old man. Where's your money? You ain't got no money. You got thousands. Let me go. Hold still. Where's your money? I got no money except what's in my pocket. Well, let's see what's in your pocket. You stay out of there. I told you to hold still. Ah, here it is. How much? How much is it? Twenty. Forty dollars. Where do you keep it, old man? It's all I got. Sit him down over there. Come on, old man. Come on. Turn me loose. You turn me loose, will you? Now sit down. There's some rope over there. Get it. Yeah, okay. I'll get the rope. Now listen to me, old man. Where's your money? You got it. The real money. Where'd you hide it? I ain't got no more. Oh, you ain't. <coughs> This rope you wanted, it... Hey, what do you want to knock him out for? Don't ask me questions. Get him tied up. And we get what we came for. Map says stay on 40 and it takes us right into Salt Lake, Obi. I don't think I want to go to no Utah. No? Where do you want to go? Back to tourist camp. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Might be a wire there for me, saying whether she got home okay. She got home okay. She could get any place on $400. We're going back to the tourist camp, Randall. Honest to... We tie up that old man and leave him to die, we get 40 bucks and an old rifle. You got to see if there's a telegram, and the thing we should be doing is getting out of Colorado as fast as we can. We'll get out. Don't you worry about it. What else is there to worry about? Now, listen, Randall, I told you not to give me no trouble. Now, don't. How could I give you any more trouble than we got? Go on, get your telegram. Then let's get out of this state while we still can. Well, gangbusters listeners, these brutal killers, the Throneberry brothers, felt secure on the assumption that they left no clues for the authorities. But when they left their victim to die, the most important clue of all they took with them. Here again is the narrator of tonight's case, Sheriff Homer Casey of Waco, Texas. As I was saying, Obie and Randall Throneberry killed and robbed a helpless sheep herder in Route County, Colorado. By the time the crime was discovered and the alarm spread, the two killers had left the state of Colorado and crossed into Wyoming, where they appeared in the town of Rawlins. The two brothers had parked their car in front of a hardware store and were walking to the door carrying an old rifle. (laughs) 
We ain't far enough away, Obi. Wyoming is not near far enough. What are you scared of? What do you think? You shouldn't have wasted all that time going back to get a wire that wasn't there. Now don't give me no more headaches. I've got enough. Go on in. Okay. You ought to wait a while. Morning, fellas. Howdy. Can I get you something? Yeah, we... Uh... I'll tell them. We want some cartridges, this here rifle. Three or four dozen. What caliber? It's a thirty-two forty, I think. You think? Yeah, we uh, just bought it. Off an oil man out near Saratoga. Uh-huh. What make rifle is that? Winchester. Let him see, Randall. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can get you something to fit it. Maybe this is an old-timer. How do you like that homemade sight? Couldn't have paid too much for this rifle. No, not too much. Well, can you fit it with cartridges, or do we have to go someplace else, huh? No, you don't have to go anyplace else. Yeah. Here's some that fit. All right, the two of you, get your hands in the air. Hey. Get them up. What's this all about? I'll tell you what it's all about. I'm a deputy sheriff of this county. And what have we done? Just keep those hands up. Okay. I saw a report this morning of a killing over in Colorado. They found an old sheep herder murdered. This rifle answers the description of the one he owned. You two are going to spend a little time in the county jail till we find out for sure. Now, look, Just master. keep them up. Now, both of you march out that front door. Go on, march. Well, gangbusters listeners, that rifle was identified as the one taken from the murdered man. Obie and Randall Throneberry were charged with murder and taken from Wyoming to the Route County, Colorado Jail in the basement of the county courthouse at Steamboat Springs. A few weeks later, while they were waiting their trial, the two brothers were in their cell. Randall, on his cot, was reading a magazine as Obie walked over to him. Randall. What? Give me that magazine. I'm reading it, can't you see? You had it long enough. Give it here. Listen, I had enough of your bossing around. You see where it landed, don't you? I want that magazine. Why don't you go read the letter you didn't get from me? That's enough, Randall. Sure, we're in jail. They're going to try us for murder. She'd send us some money because we're in trouble. She didn't get my letter. She got it all right. She's nothing but a rotten little... Okay, nook. Randall, you asked for it. Get your dirty hands off you me. You asked for it. Lay off. I'll show you. Get away from me, Obi. Get away Get away Oh. Hello, Sheriff Parker. Matter. Can't you two get along? Well, we get along all right. I want to be moved out of here, Sheriff. Put me someplace else. Well, we're all right, Sheriff. Just a little family argument. Now, listen, Obi. Everything be okay. Believe me, Sheriff. Okay, boys. Don't give me any more trouble. We won't, Sheriff. What's the idea, Obi? Now, listen. Whatever's between us, we can settle later. Just figured out how we can get out of here. Yeah? How? We start a big fight. The sheriff will come in to break it up. I'll grab him. You slug him. Yeah, but how we get outside? Two deputies are going out on a call. I heard them leave. The sheriff's all by himself. All right? Yeah, guess so. Then let's go. Give me that magazine. Lay off! Lay off me, will you? Give me that magazine. Give it here, sir. Come on, give it here. Lay off, Bobby. I'm going to kill you. You just try. Uh, 
Those deputies won't be back for a while. We lock him in. Lock him with the key. Need to snap lock. Go on. Usually parks his car right out in the yard there. Okay. But listen, Obi. What? We ain't going to Texas. What's the matter with Texas? Because if you go to see me, we'll wind up right back here in the jailhouse. Texas is an awful big place. We'll settle it later. Let's get out of here first. Come on. To it. We got a fast car, we got good guns. We walk in and take their money, and then we head back towards Dallas. We ought to head out of Texas. I didn't want to come back to Texas in the first place. Well, we're here. You know, I begin to think something. What? You didn't drag me down this way to pull no job at all. You drug me down here so you could see May. Okay. I drug you down here so I could see May. What are you going to do about it? We're going to get this settled right now. You bet we are. Go on, get out. Obi, take that gun off me. Get out. Look, I'm your brother. I could still spit on you. Get out, you yellow-livered little punk. Get out. Yeah. Well, listen, Obi. You wouldn't kill me. Wouldn't I? You need me. You need two to work the way we've been working. I'm sick. Sick of your yapping. Go on, walk. Yeah, but you need me, Obi. That's what you think. I'm going to the town of West. Jack Bush is just itching for the chance to join up with me. Now, walk. Listen, Obi. Walk. Straight into them woods. Obi, I... Shut up. You give me a chance, won't you? You wouldn't kill your own brother without a chance. Okay, you got a chance. Start running. Obi. Start running before I change my mind. Yeah, yeah. Yellow-livered punk. Brothers, brothers, huh? Answer that, will you, May? Sure, Frank. Right away. Hello? Who's this? It's Obi. Obi? Yeah, baby. Did you hear about me breaking out? Yeah, I heard. I got a surprise for you. I'm back in Texas. I'm right here in Waco. Yeah? Yeah. How about me coming over? No, you better not do that. I think the police are watching the place. Uh-uh. Well, uh, where can I meet you? Look, you know that chili parlor over in West? Yeah, I know it. Well, we'll make it there. How's three o'clock? Okay, I'll be there. I missed you awful, baby. When you didn't answer my letter from the jail... Listen, Obi, better not talk on the phone too long. Yeah, honey, uh, three o'clock in West. Goodbye. Who was that on the phone, May? Nobody, Frank, honey, just for me. Well, don't keep the phone tied up all day. I got important calls coming through. All right, honey, I won't. The book, the book. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, 
Sheriff's Department, Waco. Operator, Waco 471, please. And hurry. Sheriff's Department, Waco. Sheriff Casey speaking. Look, you want a tip? What kind of a tip? You ever hear of Obi Throneberry? You'll have to speak up louder, lady. I can't talk any louder. Obi Throneberry. They want him in Colorado for a killing. What about him? He's going to be in West, 3 o'clock at that chili parlor. Ellis's. Who is this talking? Never mind who. I did your favor. Ain't that enough? Well, that's that. Sheriff Casey, I ain't seen you in the cafe for some time, and Debbie Owen. How are you, Mr. Ellis? Mr. Ellis? Yeah, fine, fine. How about you two sitting down for a nice lunch? Nettie's cooked up some of her awful good chili today. Well, we don't have time today, Mr. Ellis. See, uh, we're looking for a fella. He's supposed to come in here at 3 o'clock. Oh? We'd like to sit in the kitchen until he walks in. Why, sure, fellas. Is it anybody I know? No, I don't think so. This is a guy from out of the state. A guy named Obi Throneberry. Did you say Obi? That's right. There was a fellow in here a while ago. Huh? He asked, could he use the phone to call Waco? And I said, sure. I heard him say his name was Obi. Is that so? He rushed out of here. He was mad as a Brahma bull. Uh, is this a picture of that man? Why, uh... Yeah, Sheriff. That's him. He rushed out of here mad, huh? That's right. Said he had a date for later. He wanted to use the phone to call his girl to ask her to come earlier. I think he called her and got a man on the phone. How long ago? Oh, not 15 minutes back. Which way'd he go, do you know? No, he didn't. Uh... Hey, his car was parked right out in front. What make was it? A uh, Pontiac, I think. Yeah, a maroon Pontiac with Oklahoma plates. Uh, thanks a lot, Mr. Ellis. Owen. Yes, Sheriff? Get the car started. I'll phone in a radio alarm, then we'll take out after it. Sure thing. It don't look too good, Mart. He might have taken out the other way. Well, maybe one of the state highway patrol cars will spot him up the line. Maybe. But I'd sure like... Sheriff. Yeah, I see him. That's the car, all right. Yeah, Oklahoma plates and everything. I'll try to get up to him. That won't be hard. He's all alone. I'll give him the siren. Uh, Why not hold it a few seconds, Sheriff? He still might be able to pull away from us. Yeah. that gun there. It's dropped. Let's get him. Okay. Okay, I'm all shut up. Take it easy or you'll be more shut up. Oh, it's just his hand, Sheriff. I tell you, I'm all shut up. I'm dying. You're not dying, Throneberry. Not yet. Come on now. Get out of that car. Yeah. All right. We got to get you in shape for that nice long trip you're going to take. That trip all the way back to Colorado. Now go on. Walk to the car. 
Didn't you hear the sheriff? He said walk. Well, gangbusters listeners, that was how the killer Obi Throneberry was apprehended. His brother Randall was arrested by FBI agents later on a farm where he'd gone to hide. Each of these murderers is now serving a term of 43 years imprisonment at the Colorado State Penitentiary in Canyon City. Well, thank you, Sheriff Homer Casey, for this case history. And gangbusters congratulations to all the law enforcement officers who participated in putting these notorious Throneberry brothers behind bars. Tonight's Gangbusters case was dramatized by Stanley Niss and directed by William Sweets, with Ralph Bell and Art Carney in leading roles. Don Gardner speaking. Gangbusters is a Phillips H. Lord production. And there you have it. That was Gangbusters, as originally heard on June the 18th, 1949. And I hope you enjoyed the story of those two wonderful guys, Randall and O.P. Throneberry. Interestingly enough, they had already done this story on Gangbusters just about seven or eight months earlier. Did you hear who one of the stars was? It was Art Carney, who, of course, went on to become Ed Norton on The Honeymooners, and he was well-known. Gangbusters had a number of uh, stars that uh, played regularly. Richard Widmark made regular appearances, as did Art Carney, as did uh, Frank Lovejoy and his wife, Joan Banks. There was a couple of others, too, but it was done in New York, so it was a New York show, so they were using a lot of the New York actors, which many of them spent a lot of time on Broadway. And, of course, there was also an early television production in New York City. One of the things I always found interesting about Gangbusters was there was no music, no musical interludes, no background music. And actually, I think that kind of added to its appeal. I mentioned uh, before the show that these uh, episodes, these stories, were based on actual crimes that took place. And if you'd like a little background on this particular crime, what was true, what wasn't, what was exaggerated, what wasn't, you might go to Martin Graham's site. A real friend of Old Time Radio has written a number of books on Old Time Radio, and you'll hear him often uh, on Yesterday USA and also on uh, Radio Once More. Martin uh, talks about a number of episodes, but he gives very specific information about this particular episode. So you can go on to his blog and, uh, and look that up. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it, and we will look forward to other episodes of Gangbusters in the weeks ahead. And that will slam the lid on Wednesday, March the 3rd, 2021. Hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you will come back tomorrow when we uh, offer up our old-time Radio Western. Don't know what it's going to be yet, but I will guarantee you it will be a humdinger. It'll be a good one. And we look forward to having you back for that. Since we're talking about law and order today, I thought we would go out with a song that was written by Sonny Curtis who used to play in the very early days with Buddy Holly 
and later for a time became one of the crickets. And after Buddy Holly's death, he became the lead singer there for a short time, and then the group kind of fell apart. There's all of those kind of stories. But this is a song about law and order, and Buddy Holly and the Crickets actually did it. But in 1966, the Bobby Fuller Four had the big hit. At least it's the one I remember, so I hope you enjoy it. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me. Thank you. 